Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. I thank you for joining us. And as always, we are on the radio, uh, which is wonderful, but we're also available via all the podcasts. So if you've missed any of our shows over the last 10 years or more, uh, there are hundreds available via Apple and all the other ones, um, which are also great. So Android and what else? Google. <laughs> I don't know. So many out there, but we appreciate your support. And I love doing shows on various forms of health, um, but especially where it concerns social health and um, education. So today we have a very special guest in the studio with me, a very wonderful person that I got to meet at a function of hers that she did, and uh, I was very impressed, and I was impressed not only with her, but with the mission, of course, uh, so much that we had to talk together on the air for your benefit, so you can know what's out there for you, your family, your children, and your community. Her name is Nancy Stelway, and she's with Take Stock in Children. She's actually the executive director and uh, steering the way uh, on a mission to help children uh, with education. And well, I'll let you start with the foundation, how you started this whole process of build, you know, co-building this. Great, so, you know, Take Stock in Children originated 28 years ago mm-hmm. to help kids complete high school. There mm-hmm. was a large dropout population at the time we have evolved considerably, but the whole goal of the program is to take an under-resourced, low-income, at-risk student as early as sixth grade and say, congratulations, you're going to college, now how do we get you there? Right. And we do that through wraparound support services of a college readiness coach, volunteer mentors, and giving them a Florida prepaid scholarship in sixth grade. So when our kids go to school, we tell them, you're probably the only sixth grader with a college scholarship. Now, how do we get you on the right track to seek some sort of a degree post high school? Mm -hmm. And so really, we are breaking the cycle of poverty, sometimes generational poverty through education. Yeah, the, you know, so there's, it's a multi-pronged approach. Um, Yes. First of all, you are starting with these children at an age when they're not sure where they're going to go, but more importantly, they're not sure how they're going to get there. Correct. So you're kind of helping with two of those very, very important questions. For many of our students, you know, they lack parental support in the home. Right. So just to navigate the school system in itself is a challenge, much less think about what you're going to do four or five years post Mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm. And so it's how can we put someone in their life that will steer them in the correct direction so they have positive role models. For many of our kids, there aren't positive role models in their communities. Um, There aren't positive role models when they leave school and they go home. Many of them have to take care of younger siblings and they don't see any hope for their future. And so we want to be able to give them hope to reach their dreams, 
just like every child should have the opportunity right. to do that. As I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking, yes, there's a huge demand in underserved, underprivileged, underfunded communities, and that's obviously the the majority of who you serve has it grown in the last 20 plus years to include other homes that are not underserved underprivileged <laughs> when i started with take stock and children back in 2009 we were only serving 120 children we're now yeah. serving over 1200 wow. but all of our children must be um, under the poverty guidelines okay. in order to receive the Florida prepaid scholarship and be eligible for our program. Okay. So we are working specifically with That makes with sense because the scholarship kids. requirements and so mm -hmm. forth. So it's not just the guidance function that you serve that all kids need, it seems, these days. All um, kids do need. All kids, <laughs> no matter where they are, who their parents are, what communities they live in, and what schools they have access to. Mm -hmm. It seems there's a lack of guidance in the homes or, or parenting I think a lot of parents don't know how to navigate the system. I've met with some of my board members um, and their children as they got to be juniors and seniors in high school to really say, okay, let's map out a path for you. Yeah. Uh, how do we get you into your dream college? Because a lot of parents don't know. And it's changed from when we all went to college. Oh, yeah. An yeah. extremely competitive um, lots of distractions for kids. So a lot of times I, I have had to even help you know, very affluent families, yeah. you know, figure out the path. That, that was my sort of, you know, wonder. I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. So thank you for confirming. Mm -hmm. um, now back to the, the main mission. When you, uh, when the child and not so much their family comes to, how is that guidance achieved? You know, so we recruit from guidance counselors and, yeah. and community clubs and when the students and their parent fill out an application, we do require tax returns to prove that they are indeed needy of our services. But the student goes through an interview with us. Those are virtual. But what we're looking for is that mom didn't sign the student up for the program, but the student is really invested to join our program. Mm. After the interview, we then make selections. Um, and the parent and the student sign a contract agreeing to maintain their grades, meet with a mentor, but most importantly, remain crime and drug free. Mm. So we know that when a student does, if they do slip, we get the parent, the mentor, the student all around the table and we say, how do we get you back on track? Yeah. So it's a true wraparound support um, where everyone is involved. And so it's more than a commitment just to furthering education and accessibility. It's a commitment to being a socially responsible human being. Absolutely. And building that character. Correct. That's Correct. brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, is there a limitation to the ideas or ideals of, okay, we would like more of these types of choices within the education platform, meaning would are you encouraging a certain amount of doctors, lawyers, accountants? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, certain types of jobs or can it can it be explored by the individual child that says, I want to be, you know, a performer. I want to be on stage. I want to, you know, maybe pursue the performing arts or be a painter, artist, or, you know, how, how, what is the scope of the education? It's interesting you ask that because years ago, when I would actually go as a coach myself to, yeah. to work with kids, they all wanted to be an NFL or an NBA star, a lawyer, doctor. Mm. Now when you go in and meet the kids, they all want to be an entrepreneur. Okay. 
but they don't know how to do that. Right. And so what we're trying to teach them is you still need some sort of college to be an entrepreneur. Right. So whether it's a stackable credential at Palm Beach State or a traditional collegiate experience, you can be an entrepreneur, but you can't just be an Instagram influencer right. and not have a skill set. So right. we have definitely and, seen and a change. And just to back up a little bit, the, the translation, when they come to you, they're probably not using the word entrepreneur. They're saying, I just want to work for myself. I want to do Correct. what I want to do. I don't I want to work for I anybody want to, else. I don't. That, <laughs> right. It's usually... Pro- you know, I've had one of my kids say that to me. So, you know, I don't want to work for anyone else. Well, what mm-hmm. do you want to do? So there's a negative sort of idea, like I don't want to, but it has to be changed into a proactive positive, And this is the path and this is how we get there. And you have to get your MBA or, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah. Right. And what we try to teach them, you know, for a lot of our kids, they need to work to help support their families. Right. So right. what we want to help guide them to is, okay, if traditional college isn't for you, how do we get you a certificate or stackable credentials? So right. maybe you take 18 months of college now and while you're working, and a year or two, when you know more what you want to do, you'll do another certification and build upon those. Mm-hmm. And and this is purely being navigated between your organization. You, do you have internal guidance people as well as you're working with the school who has the guidance? We do have an MOU with the school district of Palm Beach County, and mm-hmm. also we work with all of the higher ed institutions in the state of Florida, okay, including Palm Beach State um, and all the other universities. But yes, our staff is the one that goes into the schools to meet with the kids. We pull them out of class. We mm-hmm. meet with them. Mm-hmm. We also have after-school programming for them. And then we also instruct our mentors how our mentors can pour into them to help guide them along this path. Okay. Yeah, the mentors, uh, I would think are very useful and very important in this scenario. They are really the heartbeat of our program because the mentors meet with the kids once a week. They either go to the school and meet with them during the student's lunchtime or they use our Take Stock and Children app and it has a FaceTime-like feature where Mm -hmm. they can mentor virtually or a hybrid of the two. You know, uh, as a parent of, I have seven human beings that I've been privileged to help guide and you know, help co-create their lives um, until they can go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the thought processes of, okay, this is what I'd like to do, changes. It does. And that goes back to the idea of mentorship because obviously I'm their mentor. I'm the person that is doing that in my home along with their, you know, it's, it takes a village. So I don't want to take full credit. Obviously mm-hmm. there's mothers and stepfathers and stepmothers and all of that. I have to give credit to them as well. Um, so it does take a village. So in this case, where they don't have that family unit that you're talking about, the mentors, the guidance counselors, any leadership people, they're absolutely it's, it's changing. The track can change mm-hmm. uh, up to three, four, or five times maybe, mm-hmm. where it starts off, you know, I had one da- daughter, she, oh, I want to travel, I want to do this. Then, you know, okay, business and philosophy. And then, you know, you know what, Dad, I'm most happy when I'm cooking with you, so I want to be a chef. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to be a chef, but you're going to have to get your MBA still because you're not going to want to always stand. You're going to want to maybe learn the business of restaurant touring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. entrepreneuring <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so that when you get tired of standing in front of a hot stove and having oil burn your arms or whatever it is breathing in what mm-hmm. you know you can now create the beauty uh, that will you know feed others and, and spread your dreams of your recipes or whatever it is that right. draws you to that art form right. um, so that is huge 
when you are taking on these lives that have gone from hundreds to now over a thousand, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. change, that constant change. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully these children are encouraged to, uh, these young adults are encouraged to express Explore that. Explore and express. Expo yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because my own children, when I raised them, back then the path was straight. You graduate high school, you mm -hmm. go to college, you get a degree, this is what you go you're to work, do. Right. right? Yeah. And my own child did really a zigzag mm -hmm. and found his way. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes the systems are built in education where kids have to declare a major mm -hmm. very early on in college. Yeah. And so now what we're seeing is back when we all went to college, you graduated in four years. For now, most kids, it's taking six plus years. And they also get penalized if they change their major after a certain point. So we want to make sure that we give kids opportunities in high school to really explore different careers to help um, mitigate some of that once they get to higher ed. And that's so what that we that also... That whole theory of bending the branch so you don't have to break exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is there a difference in the amount of males versus females taking interest in this? Would you give a percentage? 60% females, 40% males. Females are smarter. <laughs> females bring the applications home so the parents can sign them and bring it back. Yeah. Uh, but we, we do have some new grants that we're working right. on to really level the playing field to bring yeah. in more males. It's also a challenge to get more male mentors to mm. mentor them. Mm. So um, we know it's work we need to do. And if we don't educate our males, we know we're going to have a serious problem in 15, 20 years. Yeah. So, um yeah, males it's, get to it's get away with a lot of a more. challenge. <laughs> yeah, males get to get a lot away with a lot more. Females are mm -hmm. definitely, I think, taking on this role of, you know, I'm going to be more self-sufficient because they see mm -hmm. that it's fairly necessary these days. Right. There's a lot of slacking men out there. <laughs> Young men are just, that's what I hear. This is this is through the grapevine of From having. the kids. <laughs> yeah, I have four girls in my household, yeah. you know, yeah. and then multiply no, that, right, right. exponentially. Uh, that is what I hear even from my patients that are teenage mm -hmm. girls and, you know, and, and frustrated. I know I put more pressure even on my yeah. own daughter than my son probably, yeah. you know, yeah. to make sure she's self-sufficient, can take care of herself. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of things have changed in Changing. society. Yes. And um, so we got to work, like you said, to try to even that a little bit more do. where we bring up the expectations mm -hmm. of the males. Yeah. Right. Too. Yeah. Um, Race, what is the perception? I mean, the perception of underprivileged and poverty and underserved and all that used to be very much brown-skinned individuals, right? Uh, African-American mm -hmm. and, and Latin and all of that, or Spanish-speaking, you know, not necessarily, but, you know. So where are we now with that? How has that shifted? You know, in Palm Beach County, 50% of kids are low income. Right. And so you know, it's not hitting just one race. Right. It's across the board. Right. Um, we typically serve Title I schools, and what we have found, though, in a lot of those schools is a lot of the white children won't, don't want to be identified as low income to necessarily join our program. Right. But those are the kids that need it. Yeah. And so we are seeing every race, um, every ethnicity, mm-hmm, um, you know, poverty is, is striking everyone. Yeah. And, that, and that's changed, I'm sure, in the last three years, even I would more. say a little bit further, further? back. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
already started yeah. prior. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so that sheds some light on this, uh, that, you know, economics is changing, the need for education. How, and, and just, I touched on it, but I, you know, my listeners know this, um, I was privileged to when I needed to create income. There was no one job that I could get that would do that while I was going to school and I was having my first child who's now getting married next week, you know, mm, congratulations. <laughs> dating myself. But so thank you. But I, you know, I, I literally had to have her on my back sometimes to teach art because mm-hmm. one thing I always had to fall back on was art. It's what I've done the longest in my life. I've been a painter and a muralist and so forth. So I was teaching at, you know, whatever school, whatever place would have me, homeschools, uh, the Lighthouse Center for the Arts, and, until I met Center for Creative Education. And organization. Great organization, right? So they hired artists. You didn't have mm-hmm. to be a teacher. You had to be an artist, mm-hmm. and they paid you very well. At the time, it was $40 an hour. So there was no way I could make that anywhere else keep the lights on, you know, be a breadwinner for my family, you know, mm-hmm. adequately so, while going to school for right. what I'm doing now. So long story short, there's a couple of things I picked up with all that, working with foster home kids and different schools and so forth, is how important the arts were and this whole foundation, this whole, you know, uh, non-for-profit was founded on picking up the pieces where the arts had where the kids off. can express themselves. Right, and, mm-hmm. and, and how important that was a part of education. Mm-hmm. So how much do you see that being also um, sort of promoted with these children? The arts have taken a, a back seat mm-hmm. in public education. Mm-hmm. And um, even sports, to right. some, is taking a back seat. Yeah. Um, the whole which, dynamics which I, of the I, public I, education system have changed, particularly changed, yeah. since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's been a big shift. Kids are less engaged to participate in clubs, the arts, sports, anything after school. Mm -hmm. Kids go to school, they go home. They're just less engaged. A lot of kids still, um, they don't like to meet face-to-face with with our mentors. They'd rather do it over an iPhone. Interesting. And so that whole face-to-face piece has really shifted. In the... um and, and hopefully that will, you'll see that as you grow as an organization, that will be one of the components that you'll help is arts more than sports. I think sports will always have its place, but arts mm-hmm. is the pinnacle of civilization, in my opinion. Without the growth and pr- promotion and the cultivation of it, we've seen right. civilizations fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, education and the arts, to me, are the same. Um, now, rewards along the way. So again, in my home, I'm that person who has to deal with when they, their interest starts to wane or they start to feel discouraged. And, you know, in life, we as adults, we have our, you know, moments mm-hmm. where we, we need a little validation, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is good. This is going to be good for you because when, you're, when you work hard and you persevere and you are persistent, occasionally you have these little moments of Mm -hmm. reward Mm -hmm. how do you cultivate that with this program so we do make sure that every nine weeks we're communicating with the kids to let them know where their status in our program is we Mm. love to highlight um, in front of their peers their successes Uh, we also do special events where we may get kids and we'll take them to target back to school shopping where we give them two hundred dollars to buy something just for them or thanksgiving time if we know 
um, they need an extra little perk. We may mm-hmm. we have a donor that provides gift cards, and so we do gift cards. You know, those kids that really actively participate, they're always involved in our drawings and, you know, field trips that we do. So we try mm-hmm. to give them perks along the way to also keep them Wonderful. engaged. Um, but I would say recognizing them in front of their peers and also making sure that their parents know you know, where their status in our program is. So that's a wonderful way to keep them engaged mm-hmm. and keep them interested mm-hmm. and, and let them know that there are reasons why they're doing what they're doing outside of just bettering themselves. But right. in life, they'll be able to do these things for themselves. Exactly. Um, what are some of the field trips? Anything really cool? So we've taken kids on college tours. We've done a we've taken them down to um, Grant Cardone University. So okay. Grant Cardone came out and yeah. met with them and talked with them about entrepreneur. Big finance guy. Big finance guy. Yeah. Um, we took them to a indoor skydiving yeah. down in Broward County. Yeah. Um, so lots of different things yeah. that we do to really expand the horizon. We've gone to the science museum. You know, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the rewards that I had structured with the board of um, it was a teen foster home, which is they're hard because mm-hmm. at that point, not much is going to happen. So you have a lot of situations where the these young adults are running away or getting into trouble and so forth. So they hired me to come in as a person that could possibly speak to them in a way that they needed to be spoken to. So I created art sort of mm. engagement and education um, that was more than just like, okay, you're going to learn about Rembrandt or Picasso. It was like, we're going to learn storyboarding and art That's through great. that and make a film in their backyard and so forth. But uh, to reward them, you know, one of the things I taught them was the art of fishing too, which was in a, in a canal, just mm-hmm. learning how to tie knots and what have you and catch little fish in the canal. But as a full reward, they, because they had taken such a shine to this, and, I mean, a, 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 they just... They just started to love the idea of it. I got the board to approve a flats fishing trip in Okeechobee. So that was our field trip to mm-hmm. be out in nature and do those sort of things. And that I just it was life changing for them. We we do an event every year. Um, it's a five k, and for yeah. many of our kids, they've never put their feet in the ocean. Okay. See. And so we yeah. we might bus some kids in from the glades area. So mm-hmm. in addition to doing like our run yeah they get to then spend an afternoon at the beach yeah and you don't think about how many kids have right here have never been to the beach yeah i know it's it's amazing yeah. it's like things like that mm-hmm. or tasted special sometimes fruit. it's the little things right <laughs> yeah exactly like simple things like i remember showing them fruit that they had never mm-hmm. seen um no this is great you have everything in place and so i'm wondering too at this point you've had some success stories mm-hmm. care to share one or two of them Yes, Jamar was a a young man. He went to Palm Beach Lakes High School. And his senior year of high school, he was on track to get a scholarship from FSU. He made some very poor decisions Mm -hmm. with some kids that were not on the same track as him. And I remember having some really tough love conversations with Jamar and his mom Mm -hmm. about whether we terminate you and your life could take now a turn to the left or whether we can get past this and your life goes to the right. Right, fork in the road. Yep, and we were at that crossroads and we weren't sure he was gonna make it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, he did go to FSU. Wow. He now is a nurse, he got his nursing degree and he came back to our office maybe six months ago and he literally had tears in his eyes and said, you don't understand, back then I didn't tell you, but kids from my street don't even graduate high school. Mm. His brother has been incarcerated multiple times. And he said, 
I'm the only one in my neighborhood that's gone to college, much less graduated college. And so for now, he's decided to stay in Tallahassee and practice nursing there and get a little bit more um, credentialed because he is afraid of moving back to his community where he came from and all the influences. But Jamar is just one of many. They pop in our office all the time. Um, Many of them come back and mentor for us. And then we've also had parents that have gone back to college, parents that never got a GED in high school have now done it. So it's a full circle moment. Of course, I just love when they they come in and share those moments with us. Enrichment, influence, mentorship, Mm -hmm. access, all these things are can be very foreign and um, and take a toll when they're not present. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm the first to go to college in my family, you know. And um, Queens boy, Flushing Queens, you know, back when it was <laughs> yeah. Queens, Flushing Queens, New York, you know, during the, uh, I remember lo- probably half the friends I knew uh, died through the crack era, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're doing is um, not only essential, but extremely admirable. And thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how do people find out more about you and support and maybe find out about some events they can attend and like I did, which I was just, uh, it was such a wonderful evening. That was a fun evening. That was great. <laughs> they can visit our website, takestockpalmbeach.org. Mm-hmm. Easy. And you have any uh, new events coming up? Uh, I do. I have a 5K over the Singer Island Bridge on February 17th. You can okay. come run, walk, or ruck mm-hmm. with a backpack on your a backpack and a weight. Yeah. Um, and all those proceeds by scholarships for yeah. our underserved kids. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the radio, then that's great. If you're listening to it a month from now, probably not so much. Right. But yeah, so so definitely check the website mm-hmm. um, for updates. Absolutely, and, stay in touch. and all of our social medias are you know take stock, PBC. Right, and they are non for profit that would love your mail in and uh, support. Absolutely, um, do you we offer volunteers? For yeah, sponsors, mentorships. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you uh, business individuals out there. They're successful people listening. So. Please. Or even internships where internships, we could place yeah. some of our kids through the summer. Okay, great. Wonderful. Miss Stellway, this has been phenomenal. And Thank you. Uh, if you've missed any portion of the show, if you came in late, it's in, on podcast, you know, on all the major podcasts, uh, Maximum Health. And uh, this show has been brought to you in part by Val Health. Please download it today. It's a wonderful way for you to engage in your health, stay accountable. And, um, acquire some new knowledge about how to be better. See you next time.